are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. I bring on guests who have a particular perspective or experience that I think expands the conversation about meaningful and productive work, and I often draw on the meaning work research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as my own experience consulting, including the work that I do today at Insignium, which is a global management consulting firm. I'll get to the program in just a moment, but a big thank you to my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. They are the leading locally focused job board in the nation, and and they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard while giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Thank you, Jobbing.com. Great partnership. Last week, if you missed us, we were on the air with Isaac Alfton, who is the founder and CEO of TriggerGive, an online social media-driven mechanism that makes giving to your favorite charities even easier. We talked about how Isaac got the idea to start TriggerGive, what is happening in the charity donation arena, and just what this lifelong entrepreneur has learned along the way of developing this venture. With us this week is Suzanne Brown, who is a strategic marketing and business consultant, a TEDx speaker, an expert on and advocate for professional part-time working moms, and author. Her book, Mom Empowerment, Insights from Successful Professional Part-Time Working Moms Who Balance Career and Family, is out soon or soon to be out. One of those two we'll find out here. We'll be talking about how she empowers moms to think differently about their career approach and guides moms on their journey to change their career model using her own experience and research and stories, insights, and advice from more than 110 interviews with professional part-time working moms. Suzanne joins us today from Austin, Texas. Suzanne, welcome to Working on Purpose. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Isn't it fun? So, so first things first, let's clarify. Is the book out or is it about to be out? The book is out. So Yay! It's very recently it's- launched, but it is out birthed. I love it. Congratulations to that. I, I I haven't done mine yet. As you know, we've spoken about that. But um, you and several of my other friends have done this. And I know just what an accomplishment it is. And I really want to, I want to tell you how much I, I admire and applaud what you've done. Congratulations, Suzanne. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So, well, before we get into what you learned by interviewing all those part-time working moms, Will you tell us what led you to actually begin the research and the book initiative? Why study this area? So I um, I became a mom about six and a half years ago. Um, Our uh, older son was born, and I actually transitioned to a part-time role at the large company that I was working for. So the bulk of my experience is at really large marketing agencies. And about a year after he was born, I, um, I transitioned to working for myself, so basically becoming a full-time entrepreneur. And I'd had a side hustle for about seven years at that point. Um, and while I was working for that company and then as I was working as an entrepreneur, I would get these questions on a regular basis about how do you do this, how do you convince your employer, how do you continue to find work, how do you deal with balance, like all of these questions from from some of my other either mom friends or friends who are about to become moms. And I was having coffee with a good friend who at the time worked part-time. 
And um, she's like, I get these questions all the time, too. And so I said, well, I'm going to find a resource, and that way we can just send people there, and it'll be good. It'll, you know, we'll have a, a great spot to send people. And I looked a lot. I looked in, and I tried all kinds of different ways to find a resource, and there's not one. Um, you know, there are definitely resources on working part-time, but not specifically on a professional part-time role. And so I said, well, I'll just create one, not really knowing what I was taking on. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. I'm a make-it-happen kind of gal. Um, and so I didn't really know what I was creating at the beginning. And so I just started talking to other women, who, um, other moms who were working part-time in professional roles. And I realized, okay, what I really need to do is write a book. And that way, it's more of a kind of one-stop shop. You can get all the information you need instead of, oh, let me do an online resource, and then you have to do this, and you can get this here, and then you've got to go over there for something else. So it's like, literally, you pick up the book, you get all the information, you get to hear the other stories, and it just kind of all came together. But it was a long time coming. I mean, I researched for like three years before I even started writing, so it took a while. It, it was not a quick, like, oh, sure, let me just do this in six months kind of thing. So I, um, it was, people describe it as birthing a baby, and I can tell you I would not have had a second child if I would have carried my first for four years. Like, there's just no way. Um, but it was worth <laughs> right. it, you know. But, but it was a long, it, it took a lot of time and energy to find 110 professional part-time working women across the nation in all kinds of different roles who could really speak to being successful. Mm. I got that. I think you and I talked about the fact that I interviewed a similar number of people for my for my modes of engagement research when I was looking to see how people found meaning in their work. So it was about 115 people, and I and that wasn't even just people that were successful. It was just they had to be in certain 20 different kinds of professions. And I really understand the energy you're talking about. It was tremendous. So, and I haven't written a book yet. So yours is yours is out, mine's not. So let's let's not let's not forget it's that coming. part of it's, things, Suzanne. Yeah, it's coming though. It's coming. But it right, is, that's right. You know, it is coming because you and my other friends are like, "Come on, Cortez, figure it out." <laughs> um, you know, it, it's not like people put these kinds of things on their resume, you know. No, so, and it's not on right. their LinkedIn profile. So, you you actually want to have those meaningful conversations. And I found those women through other women. You know, I found those moms through other part time working moms. More than half, and so it just it took time. It took lots mm-hmm. and lots of time. Snowball effect, as they or the the snowball approach, as they say in research. Um, yes. All right, so let's do this really quick, Suzanne. I just want to make sure that our listeners also understand a bit more about your world and what you do professionally. So you've written this book, but you also are a businesswoman, a strategic marketer, and a business consultant. So what kinds of things do you do in your work? So I do high-level marketing for more than anything seasoned entrepreneurs. So I help them with, if they're looking at a product and they're like, okay, I think I can go into this other market by just kind of tweaking a product or service, is there really a market potential based on what I have, or am I, am I going to have to make major changes? And so I can look at market opportunity or write business plans, um, do a, a really kind of 
nitty-gritty um, competitive analysis or I can do a 360-degree review of marketing because a lot of times um, when my clients come to me, part of their challenge is marketing-based. And so I can look at what they're actually doing in the marketplace and figure out what, what are some of the changes. And then I work with larger companies to help them work better with their marketing agencies since I have more than a decade of experience working on the agency side. So I can be a bridge. Awesome. Thank you for that. I wanted to make sure that our listeners kind of understood your overall what you're up to in life, if you will, beyond writing this book and contributing that, I, I knew there was a lot more happening too. So I wanted to be sure and presence that for, for listeners. Um, all right. So the, the next thing I want to get to, if we can, is we start thinking, I'm sure that there are listeners here that are, are catching this and they're maybe either considering going into a part-time, in other words, reducing from a full-time to a, a part-time, or maybe they are currently full-time moms and they want to go back out there some, somehow and be part-time professional moms. So, so what do women need to consider before going part-time in work? So if you're going from the I work full-time and I want to work part-time, it's a little bit different than if you are a stay-at-home mom and you're wanting to get back in. So I'll start mm-hmm. by talking about if you are trying to reduce your schedule. Okay. The most important thing is to really think through what is your motivation. And the reason why, I wrote a whole chapter on this, but the reason why you start with, and it's not just the superficial why, it's really kind of understanding the why of your why of your why. You know, you want to be able to ask that question several times because whatever your motivation is, part-time might not be the solution. It might be that it's time for you to become an entrepreneur. It might be that what you really need is flexibility and working part-time is not going to give you the flexibility that you need. So you need to see what's driving your desire to make a change. And that's really kind of the beginning of that conversation and then understanding the implications of if you do decide that part-time is a good solution based on your motivation. But if you are a stay-at-home mom and you want to go back into the workforce, it's a little bit different. And the thing that I actually recommend is not to go back into the workforce when you, it's to start planning before you're ready. So if you want to go back on June 1st of next year, you need to start having conversations and start figuring out what are you lacking? Do you need to brush up on skills? Are there things in general that you need to adjust? Do you maybe want to go into a different industry or a different, um, maybe a different role in your same industry and you need to do Basically, you need to brush up on new skills, right? You need to brush up on old skills and then create new ones. But if you say, well, I'm going to go back into work and I'm going to do that on December 1st, and you've done no prep, it's going to be really, really hard. So you want to have basically time. You want to set yourself up. And and the moms who I did interview who went from being stay-at-home to going back into the workforce, they started having conversations at either six or nine or 12 months before they actually went back into the workforce. And that can be something that you, you know, some moms might struggle with that because it's like, well, I'm ready. And you want to actually prepare before you're ready so that when you are ready, you're like going, like you can make it happen instead of constantly stumbling you know, because it can be hard, especially if somebody's been out of the workforce for 5, 10, 12 years. Um, 
it's it's not as easy as just a light switch of like, okay, I'm ready to go back in, so I'm going back in. Mm. Uh, you're reminding me, Suzanne, I would be of the variety of uh, going from full-time to more of a part-time capacity when I had my daughter in, in Mar- um, February of 2003. And that is really when I put my... my um, shingle out there to, to be a sole proprietor, to be an entrepreneur. And I began offering really learning and development work and employee engagement, leadership development, stuff like that. And it was absolutely because at the time, my ex-husband worked full time. He was a consultant. He traveled Sunday through Friday night kind of thing. Somebody, I felt like somebody had to be home. And I figured that was me. That was who's left. And <laughs> that's kind of what drove right. me into that part-time professional mom working capacity and entrepreneurship. So you're reminding me very much. And I wish I would have been more thoughtful about that. It, it was the right path for me, but it was rocky. It was a rocky start. Going into entrepreneurship in general is tough. You know, it is a, it's a long it's a, it's the long term. It's not like, oh, let me just go do this for two months and then I can just go work part and then I can go work for a company again. You know, it is in order to really develop your business as an entrepreneur, you have to think about it over the long term. And yes, you read stories of like, oh, on my first launch, I made a million dollars. But the reason why you hear those stories is because they are rare. That's not the normal way that most entrepreneurs actually, uh, it's not the way that their business normally develops. Mm-hmm. Um, I really get that. Trust me. Yeah. I'm, I was shy <laughs> a lot of zeros from a million. Let me tell you, when I first started, shy a lot of zeros, Suzanne. <laughs> well, Definitely. And, and I think here's another thing that people don't necessarily think about. And this is something that, that I heard kind of over and over again, um, because I interviewed about 62% of the women I interviewed worked for somebody else, so small or large business. And then about 38% were entrepreneurs. Um, And some of them were solopreneurs, and some of them actually had businesses where they had employees. But regardless, it, it was very interesting to hear them say, it doesn't matter if you have 5, 10, or 20 years of experience in an organization. As soon as you hang your shingle, you basically go to zero. Mm-hmm. So, because yep. you have no experience as an entrepreneur, so you not only have to show your expertise, you have to prove that you are legit as, you know, as an entrepreneur on top of that. And that can be a hard thing to deal with if you are not ready for becoming an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. No question. Yeah, there was definitely a period of time that I had to work to prove myself and and to bolster what I could offer to the marketplace. No question about that. And I'm I'm so glad I did it. And along the way, I wish I would have learned from a few more people. I wish I would have done what you did, Suzanne, by just reaching out and asking people what they knew and what they learned and what could I learn from their experience. And and to that end, one of the things I also wanted to ask you about, and I got a little bit of this in last week's show when I was talking with Isaac, because he's a young entrepreneur too and grew up in that space. But one of the things I know you talk about is that we can learn something from the generations about how what it means and, and how part-time working mom or motherhood actually shows up for people. What have you learned about look, gazing across the generations? So I actually I did a whole chapter on the generational side of things because I thought it was a really important element to include. So you, you have essentially three generational elements at play literally right now. So 
the first is that you have baby boomers that are starting to retire. And um, the really scary number is 10,000 baby boomers turn retirement age every day. And this will continue for at least like another 10 years. So this is huge, right? And, yeah. and the reality is they're not all going to walk out at the same time. Like that, that is not going to happen because they are not retirement ready. So yeah. Yeah. depending on the, the report or the study that you look at, um, I've seen that only like 25% or up to maybe 40% feel that they are ready for retirement. But the reality is there might be that opportunity to partially retire, right? So that's the baby boomers. And that kind of sets up other things in an interesting way. And then you have Gen X. And Gen X is um, it's a very interesting generation because um, they are not very vocal. And they are bookended by two really big generations. So the baby boomers and the millennials are really big. So it's basically like if you look at an hourglass and Gen X is in the middle, right? Yep. Um, and Gen X is, um, Gen X has a little bit more straightforward approach to time. So they are, they're more black and white. And it's more of a, of a boundary of, I'm going to work my tail end off, and then I'm going to go home, and I don't actually want to hear from you until tomorrow morning when I'm back in this office. Like, I'm not interested in, in working after hours. I'm going to work like crazy, and then I want to go spend time with my family. And I barely even want to acknowledge the fact that I'm employed. Um, but it's interesting because that, in part, comes from the fact that they um, they were, you know, I, and I'm a Gen Xer, so it was fascinating to hear about my own generation. They are the first generation to, um, to have working parents, both working parents. And they saw kind of what their lives were like, and they said, I don't want this for my kids. So they are much more protective of their time than their than baby boomers and millennials. And they and and they simply don't want this kind of life for their kids. But the other thing that's a challenge is they're getting sandwiched. So they are taking care of their families and with working moms they're trying to maintain their careers on track and now they're having to take care of those aging baby boomers. Right? So they're getting sandwiched between. So they have a lot going on, but these are the women who literally created the, the foundation of work-life balance. So they're the ones who got pumping rooms. They're the ones who even started the concept of work-life balance. So they started all of these initiatives, and they're actually very important to, that, to continuing those, um, those conversations and really to kind of keep taking charge of things. Perfect, Suzanne. Hold on, Suzanne. Hold on, Suzanne. Let's go for a quick break. I want to make sure and get that fully treated when we come back from the break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We were on the air with Suzanne Brown, who is a strategic marketing and business consultant. She is a TEDx speaker and an expert on and an advocate for professional part-time working moms and an, also an author. She joins us today from Austin, Texas. We've been talking a bit about how her research came to be and what she's learned. After the break, we'll hear more about that generational piece she's been talking about. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Our nation's educational system is undergoing constant change as technology and society are redefining the system as we have known it. On Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton, we provide parents with the resources they need to understand and become a part of the educational experience for their children. Through engaging guests, news, interactive discussions, and innovative ideas, it's everything that parents should know about school. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Suzanne Brown, who is a strategic marketing and business consultant, TEDx speaker, and an expert and advocate for professional part-time working moms, also an author. Her book, Mom Powerment, Insights from Successful Professional Part-Time Working Moms Who Balance Career and Family, empowers moms to think differently about their career approach and guides moms on their journey to change their career model using her own experience and research and stories, insights and advice from more than 110 interviews with professional working part-time moms. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So before the break, Suzanne, you're just finishing your conversation about the generations and you're starting to chat about millennials. Can you pick up where you left off? Sure. So millennials have a totally different approach. And I won't lie, Gen X struggles with this on a regular basis. And so they blur their lines between work and home. And so they they want work-life integration. They and it didn't really happen because they became parents. It, that's just how they walked into the workforce. And that can be something that's very frustrating to Gen X because they wonder, like, am I really getting your best effort here? Am I really getting your best time and energy? And the reality is we are. They just look at time, and the lines are very fuzzy. But the other thing that's interesting is that they look at technology as a way to enable them to make everything happen, right? So you are still going to get the same amount of time and energy from them. It's just going to be over a longer part of the day. But these are, this is the generation that is starting to become, they're starting to become mothers. And so I'm very curious to see what's going to happen as they 
walk into the land of motherhood um, where they might need a little bit more of defined boundaries, but they're also becoming managers. So they might be much more willing to have the flexibility or to scale back on time and to allow their employees to do that as they want to do that. So I think that millennials are actually going to make a huge impact. I imagine that they will make a huge impact in what work-life balance looks like because it's just fundamental to who they are. I agree with you, Suzanne. In fact, I tell my students at Southern Methodist University that they really represent a very large workforce number, as you said before, and that they have the ability to go in and really change the the landscape of of the workplace because of their sheer numbers and because they are going to be, you know, as time goes on, pushing out the boomers just over time and certainly eventually the Gen Xers. I completely agree with you. It's going to change the landscape for us. I can't wait. (laughs) <laughs> me too let's bring it come on millennials step up <laughs> exactly get going <laughs> well let's talk next if we can about the benefits and the challenges of working part-time i know that you've learned a lot about each of these areas suzanne so start with maybe a few key benefits if you will of being a professional part-time working mom so even though it wasn't when i specifically asked the question about benefits but Without asking that specific question, the thing that most came up was time with family. So that was, even though they didn't describe it as a benefit, that was the thing that they were looking for. Um, But when they actually started talking about, when I asked the, the specific question, the kinds of things I heard were things like flexibility. I have more flexibility, and so I'm able to actually manage my calendar a lot better. Or I have balance, and so I can focus on my life, and I can focus on my career, and, and I have control over those things. So there was definitely an element of control, um, which I can certainly relate to. Um, and there were things as well, like I continue to contribute financially, because a lot of the women who I spoke with were high performers. And so walking away from your career is really hard, you know, where, it, where it's literally like, I've been rocking and rolling in my career, I've become a mom, and then everything shuts off. That's a really hard thing to do. And so they talked about contributing financially, about having, um, having a, a, maintaining their personal identity outside of being a mother, because these were people who, these were, these were women who had careers and they had goals and they were achievers before they became moms. And so they loved that they were able to have a foot in both worlds. They still am engaged in my career and I get to be the mom that I want to be. Um, I can, and I I can completely say, relate to that so far, by the way, Susanna, I can completely relate to that. Sorry, go ahead. Um, And then the one thing that I did want to mention from the research that I did, so not from the conversations that I had, but from the actual research that I looked at studies and and what what, um, professors had uh, had done analysis on, is that part-time working moms are happier. And, um, And there's a lot behind that. But what was really interesting is that the study talked about having the right amount of time with their children and with their significant other, which was not too little and not too much. And I thought it was really interesting to hear the not too much part, 
Um, because, you know, so many of us are like, oh, I want to spend hours upon hours with my children. And it's like, well, hold on. Working part-time lets you do that. But it's not all of your time. Um, and, and that, I found it just fascinating to see that literally part-time working moms are happier. That, that was such an interesting um, surprise. You know, I, I did not expect to hear that. Susan, I want to make sure I really understand what you're saying there. So they're happier. So the, the part-time professional working moms are happier than full-time moms or just or, or stay-at-home moms? Is that what you mean? Then both. Then so, both, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. I wanted to make so sure happy, that we were, we yeah. were distinguishing that. Happier than full-time okay. moms, happier than stay-at-home moms because there is that element of part of their time goes to something else. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's not too little and not too much um, with your family in general, you know, with your significant other and with your children. And so... It was just, it was so interesting because I, I think for some of us, that's counterintuitive of like, oh, well, I get to spend more time with my kids, therefore I'm going to be happier. And it's like, well, there is a point where that actually starts to go down, even though you might not want to admit it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> got that. I got that. Yeah. Okay. Any other important benefits? I want to make sure we get to the challenges too, but any other benefits that you want to make sure in presence for us? I think those are the ones that um, came up the most often and that I think are most relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, I can tell you, for me, you're, I'll go back just really quick. When I was in that space of really being more of a part-time person, a part-time professional working mom, I definitely I felt like I could I could have it all. That's kind of what it felt like at the time. I was yeah. going to my, my daughter's school events. I was active in her, in her school, had usually some kind of a leadership role in the community, which gave me leadership experience and developed my leadership acumen. I was social. I went. I had fun on vacation. I was really enjoying the work that I did, but wasn't consumed by it. I was making money and contributing to the family. All those things, and so I. I do really understand what you're saying. It was, and it was easier than probably what I'm doing now, which is Uber full time, <laughs> and being well, alone. And you make a really good point. You know, when I talk about going part time, it doesn't make things easy, but it does make things easier. Because you get to do more of the stuff you want to do that you're normally rushing through your week, and then you have to fill in the weekend in, like, every little nook and cranny of time. And so you just, you have more ability to make it look the way that you want, and you can fit in all the things. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. So it's it's a really good chunk of time and memory for me. So thank you for letting me be present and going down memory lane for that. It was a good time for me. <laughs> what about the challenges, Suzanne? What are the challenges related to being a professional part-time working mom? So this is another one of those things that I dedicated a whole chapter to because I would be remiss to only talk about the good and not talk about any of the bad or any of the things that you have to think about as you are potentially making this transition. And so I won't go into the specific challenges, but I want to talk about kind of the the areas that these challenges fall under. So, for example, productivity looks different when you when you go to work part-time. And this is, not only is it a, a shift in, in literally in how you look at your time, but in some ways it's a mind shift. You have to think about your time differently because you have to get a lot done in less time, especially from a career perspective. Mm-hmm. So, it, And it might even be that you say to your employer, 
I'm going to work 32 hours, even though you're not going to take anything off my plate. So how do you get a full-time job done in 32 hours? So that's one kind of area. Mm. Um, the next one is a financial. And a lot of people think when you, if you're going to cut your time, you're going to get a cut in salary. And I will tell you that that was not the case with a lot of the conversations that I had. So in that case that I just mentioned of I'm going to do, I'm going to work 32 hours, but I'm going to do a full-time job, that person didn't necessarily get a pay cut. But hmm. if you are in a situation where you do get a pay cut, that could be a financial challenge. You know, it's like all, I, I used to make um, $50,000, and now I only make thirty five. Well, that you're going to have to make those adjustments with your family budget. How do you look at vacation? Um, can you can you afford to do all the things that you have to do? Are or are there changes that you need to make? Are there things that you need to think about from the perspective of um, you know? Do we need to make lifestyle changes? Now, that's not always the case, but it could be, and that might be one of the things you need to prepare for if your company does cut your salary. Um, I will suggest that you not have that as your initial conversation with your, <laughs> with your employer. <laughs> but if that ends up being the result, then you need to be prepared for it. Um, there are areas related to household um, and child care duties. So how do you divide labor in your household? So, you know, cooking, cleaning, tidying up around the house, just because you work part-time doesn't necessarily mean that you have to take on all of that unless that's a conversation that you have and you take on ownership of all of that. But that can be a struggle. And it can be, um, yeah, I certainly talked to moms who, um, who said, well, I, I took on more because I wasn't working as much. And the vast majority of moms that I talked to had more household and child care duties. Um, but those women who, it was like, nope, we are 50-50, it was amazing to hear how they talked about it. I mean, it was like, of course we're 50-50. Who cares that I'm working part-time? But it might be a change that you have to make and a challenge that you have to overcome if you have been more of a 50-50 household. Um, and then the final one that I'll talk about is there is an unknown element to what you're doing. So you might, um, it might not work. You know, you might say, okay, I'm going to go work part-time, and it ends up being a terrible experience. Or your role changes so much that you think, this is a nightmare. Like, I can't do this. I'm going to have to go back to work full-time, or I'm just going to have to leave the workforce. So there might be a lot of things that, um, that change if it doesn't work. Or, you know, what happens if you say, okay, well, I, I'm only going to do this for five years, and that five-year mark hits, and you think, I don't only want to do this for five years. Like, this is how I want to manage my career moving forward. Are there long-term changes that you have to make? Like, will that impact retirement? Or will your company say to you after five years, all right, here's the deal. You're coming back to work full-time. I mean, we had this conversation. We said this is a five-year thing. Five years is up. Like, let's move on. So, so it's unknown, you know, and, and part of it is you just have to test it out and see how things go and, and see what things make sense. But for some people, that can be hard. You know, for some women who are really good at being in charge and in control, 
you kind of give a little bit of that control away when it comes to what will happen over the long term. You know, what I'm getting from this, Suzanne, is it seems like what you're saying is that if you're going to go into this space of being a professional part-time working mom, you got to step into a fluid space. Is that fair? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Definitely an, an element of flexibility of, you know, and, and it might be that opportunities come along that you say, okay, I said I only wanted to work 24 hours, which is essentially like a three-day work week, but this opportunity has come up. And I need to go back, I I need to do 32. So what do we need to do in order to let me have a four-day work week? You know, or it might be that you have another baby and you're like, okay, so I'm not going to work four days, I'm only going to work three. So, yeah, you have to have that fluid side and, and just, you have to think about things from a flexible way, but you still have to have your boundaries. So it's kind of like a balancing those two things. Mm-hmm. It's also striking me that you probably have to be, be, get pretty good at being able to enroll other people in your life to help. And I know we're going to talk a bit more after the after we get through with this break about how we handle time and such. That's going to be an important thing for me to focus on. But would you say a bit about that? Is there Have you learned in, through your research, through your own experience, that you get to be a master enroller of others in your life to make this work? It is your tribe, and that's essentially yeah. how I describe um, Yeah. And it's your friends. It can be your babysitter or, um, or a part-time nanny or your housekeeper. Like the people who enable you to be who you want to be. Um, your tribe is incredibly important. There is not enough. Uh, there aren't enough words to explain how important those people are. And um, and as I've talked to, as I've spoken to some single mothers. Um, since writing this book, it's even more important if you um, if you don't have the support of a significant other, because these are the people who you lean on, and and it's for things like childcare or for those moments of doubt or when you have a, a tremendous success. I mean, to some extent, you can you can celebrate that with your kids, but it's whether you're single or you're in a relationship, like having other people to boost you up. And to celebrate those things that are amazing, and when you have those moments of doubt, to be able to talk to somebody who's kind of in your in your same shoes, to mm-hmm. be able to say, okay, all right, so maybe let's talk about some other perspectives, or this is amazing, you know, and not just put all of that on your siblings or your significant other, or you know, so you you need a tribe. The tribe is so key in all of that. I would agree. And a great hold on for that because we're going to go for a break. But let me just quickly echo that as a divorced full-time working mom, I've gotten exceptional at just picking anybody. Hey, you, I need your help. Stat, over here now. <laughs> I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Suzanne Brown, who is a strategic marketing and business consultant, TEDx speaker, an expert on an advocate for professional part-time working moms, and an author. After the break, we're going to hear more about time management and networking. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to live the life of inner peace that you deserve. Tune in every week for Sacred Exploration with host Lisa Tremont Oda. You can discover the you that has been kept hidden all this time. Show off your personal gifts to the world. Lisa and her guests will combine health and spirituality to bring you the experience that you've been waiting for. You'll enjoy this journey every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's sure to be a nourishing experience. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Suzanne Brown, who is a strategic marketing and business consultant, TEDx speaker, an expert on and advocate for professional part-time working moms, and an author. Her book, Mom Powerment, Insights from Successful Professional Part-Time Working Moms Who Balance Career and Family, empowers moms to think differently about their career approach and guides moms on their journey to change their career model using her own experience and research and stories, insights and advice from more than 110 interviews with professional part part-time working moms. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So for this last segment here, Suzanne, I really want to get a couple things um, on the table here. One of them is time management. And of course, there'll be other things around networking. What you say, and I love how you say this, you say you are a ninja with time management. And I know you've written a good bit about this topic in your book. So what have you learned about time management that you can pass on to us? So first of all, I will share that I stole that phrase from Lauren Brody, who wrote The Fifth Trimester. (laughs) That said, um, time management is incredibly important. It's important as a working mom, but it's incredibly important as a part-time working mom. And so I think you actually have to shift how you look at time. And the way to be most efficient that I have found, based on the conversations and on my own experience, is to actually think about time, not just as time, but Time management plus productivity plus staying on task. Mm. And so those three things have to work together in order to actually, in order for you to be efficient with your time. And it is, it can be a shift in how you look at things because 
a lot of what we do in the workplace is we react or we respond to what is um, to what is kind of thrown our direction, right? It's like you get an email, you respond. And that might not be the best use of your time. Even if you're a full-time working mom, that might not be the best use of your time. So you, you have to kind of shift how you look at things, and you have to be very protective of your time without pulling away from your career. And so some of the things that I heard kind of over and over again are things like batching. And if you're not familiar with what batching is, it's where you combine like things so that you do them all in a row. So if you have to write um, a series of PowerPoints, do all the PowerPoints in a row when you're in that PowerPoint groove. Don't be interrupted by email. Turn off the window that pops up that shows you a little sneak peek of what email is coming through. Put your phone, you know, forward your phone to voicemail. And that way you can hit your groove and be much more efficient instead of as you switch back and forth between activities, you actually use a ton of mental energy. That might not make a difference in a day, but it makes a difference over a week, a month, a year. And so batching can be really helpful, but you also have to think about things like your productivity peak. So for me, for example, I am most productive in the morning. Hands down, most productive, drop off my boys to school, and I am like... I could climb a mountain if that's what you put in front of me. And so I use that time. That is my time to make amazing things happen. And, you know, I don't really schedule calls first thing in the morning if I can avoid it. Um, That's when I focus on my top priorities because that is when I am at my best. That's when I tackle my strategic challenges so that I can really make a dent in it Instead of, oh, well, let me open up email and see what somebody sent me and maybe I'll respond or let me see what's on Facebook. It's like, no, 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 no. Make this your most productive time. And part of that, you have to be able to establish boundaries. And most people think of boundaries as, as, okay, well, I work from 9 to 5 and then I go home at 5 and so the boundary is 5. You actually have to think about boundaries as how can I, how can I, create time and how can I kind of buffer time? And so having this idea of batching or saying, you know, I'm not going to take any meetings before 10 o'clock and you might be lead on your team and you can make that happen or you might have to have a negotiation with the lead on your team to make that happen. But boundaries are certainly going to help. And I often get the, the question of, well, how do you stay motivated? You know, if you're trying to make all of this stuff happen, my personal trick is I have a to-do list and I have a did list. And so a lot of times when you're making things happen, you don't necessarily think about what you already made happen. You know, you're, you're flying to the next thing and it's like being able to have, even if it's, if it's the exact same list, but one thing is, is scratched off or there's a check mark or whatever, but having that, that, that list to show you, look at all the stuff that I accomplished in the course of the week, can actually be quite motivating. And Agreed, can yes. And help keep you on track, you know, of like, okay, I'm rocking and rolling in this new time management thing. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would add one thing to that that I also got, and I, I bet you already do this too, but just to presence it for our listeners is we, I got this from my current um, consulting company. We do mission control. You really, really have to plan your work and then you create occasions in your calendar where you're going to do that work. And if you honor those occasions, you will be productive. And going back to what you said about not getting distracted by social media or something that comes up on your cell phone or whatever, but it is amazing what you can actually do if you will actually plan your workout and then execute through your plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I actually recommend doing that the evening before yes. so that you can hit the ground running the day of, you know, and that's, I, I'm sad I missed that because that's, or I'm sad that I didn't say that, but I'm glad you mentioned it because it's huge, 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 huge because yeah. you own your time. Yeah, I knew that you knew it. I just wanted to make sure, and that because we, you and I had talked about that before, but I wanted to make sure and, and get it out for our for our listeners. Um, and another thing that I want to get, at, I want to say, because we're getting so close to running out of time already, Suzanne. But I want to talk about the importance of networking. We most of us know we we need to network. We have to do it. Some of us like it. Some of us hate it. There's a lot of ways to go about that. But I know you have a particular perspective on how that relates to being a part time working mom. So what can you tell us? So networking is the number one piece of advice that um, people gave in uh, because I asked, what is your advice? And number one, networking. And that was how a huge percentage of these women actually found their jobs. So about a third of the women who I spoke to um, found part-time jobs versus um, changing in their current role from a full-time to a part-time capacity. So, and networking is how they essentially got that. Mm-hmm. And my take on things, um, because as a working mom, I don't necessarily have a huge amount of time to go to 10 conferences a year. My thing is network where you are because we don't really take it full advantage of the, of the network that is literally built into our day. So things like um, networking with your colleagues at your office Sure, you, you deal with the people who you deal with on a regular basis, but when was the last time that you talked to, that you, you went to coffee with someone who you've never interacted with before? You know, and that is a person, literally, who you probably walk by several times a day, maybe. But being able to engage with those, those people, whether they're at an office or um, it might be um, at your child's school, where, you know, you see each other in passing in the morning when you drop off, um, but they have no idea what you do and you don't know what they do. But they could be, they could be potential clients. They could be potential employers. They could be looking for exactly your skill set in a part-time capacity. You just never know unless you start having those conversations. And so it's not a matter of, okay, let me line up a bunch of networking events now. It's Look around you. I mean, it's even those social interactions you have of like, I'm going to a friend's happy hour for their birthday. You know, we always talk to the people or we naturally talk to the people who we know, right? Mm. But what if you engaged with them, you said, okay, I'm going to spend the first 30 minutes talking to people that I know, and then I'm going to meet two new people today. And that is my task or one new person today. And you never know who that person might be. I mean, you have no idea. Um, and then I definitely suggest online coffee chats. So it's essentially like um, like having a coffee, but it's it, but you can use a tool like 
Skype or FaceTime or um, there are tools on Facebook. You know, there's lots of different tools that you can use, but that way it's like a face-to-face interaction instead of just being a phone call. Um, yeah. And that allows you to broaden your network without having to think about things like childcare or, um, or, oh, wait, I'm in Austin, Texas, and you're in Dallas. You know, that is, we could have a face-to-face conversation. You know what? And if it's late enough in the day, you can have a happy hour. You can both have a glass of wine. Like, you can make whatever you want. Um, but those are not tools that most people think about. Yeah. And you know what I'm getting present to as you talk about this, Suzanne, is what I hear you saying is bringing a, an intentionality about recognizing there are people that we encounter throughout the course of our day. And how are we really connecting to them? Do we really know who they are? Do they know who, who we are and what we bring? That's what I'm hearing from you is that intentionality piece. Oh, yes. Very much so. Okay. It's that intentional okay. networking. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, the other th- another thing that I want to talk about, and we've just got a couple minutes left to really quick, maybe if we can just spend two minutes on this, is you talk about the importance of mentors and sponsors in this deal. What do we need to know there? So I want to make sure that people realize the difference. And one is a career guide, a mentor, which a lot of us think about. But sponsors are different in that they are action-oriented, and these can literally be men and women who can open doors for you. They can help you find new roles. They can find projects for you to work on. But they are actually making the introduction. And so we spend so much effort on mentors, but we don't necessarily think about the sponsors. And sponsors, as an entrepreneur, there are people who I worked for in the past who literally send business my way still. Mm-hmm. That is a sponsor. You know, that is a great thing to have as an entrepreneur. So it's not even just in the workplace. It can be when you work for yourself that you want those people who can give you access to other resources. Absolutely. No question. Okay. All right. Anything else on that before I take you to the last question? I want to make sure that, that you've got to say what you wanted to say on that because I knew you had a, an opinion about that. Um, I think that's it, but definitely okay. do it, people. Make sure that you have okay. a <laughs> Did you hear that? Do it, oh. people. I love that, Suzanne. March. Um, all right. Well, I like to be able to let my, my guest have the last word, if you will. So keeping in mind that this is a show that helps people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work, and it's we enjoy listeners across the globe, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? So there are three things. One is that you need to own your strengths. Know what you do well, be able to talk about it, and don't feel like it's bragging. Own it. The second thing is being able to work part-time is doable. It is a doable thing. It's not like this is a brand-new concept, and I think that can take some of the pressure off of, can I, maybe, is it possible? It is doable. And then the final one is I think that for all of the women who are listening, that it is important that we think about this as coming together. So instead of thinking about I'm doing this right and you're doing this wrong, if we all just supported each other, we would get to our end goals quicker because chances are the end goal is the same. Our path looks a little bit different. And so let's come together and think about the power that we would have as a group instead of all of the one-off conversations that we end up having to do. 
Oh, my gosh. Here, here. And I am a big fan, by the way, Suzanne, of helping women connect with each other and empowering them to do so. So I really appreciate that last point. Wonderful. And I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. I want to also thank Kimberly Davis, our joint friend who brought us together. She is a wonderful supporter and she knows talent. So thank you, Kimberly and Suzanne. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I loved chatting with you. Yes, I really, I wish that I would have gotten this about, I don't even know, 15 years ago when I was in this in this place, Suzanne. I did it all the hard way. So thank you for sharing your wisdom for those who are out there about to embark on this. If you want to learn more about Suzanne Brown or her book or the work that she does, go to mompowerment.com. Pretty easy, mompowerment.com. You can also find her on Twitter with that same handle. Next week, we will be on the air with a special session, giving thanks and blessings for our our lives around the American holiday of Thanksgiving. We'll be talking about how can we inculcate gratitude and thanks into not just our personal lives, but also the work that we do and in, in how we connect with our clients and our colleagues. See you then. Remember that work is at least one third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.